Good morning, North Hills. It's good to be with y'all this morning. Live stream does not do the church justice. And it's a blessing to be with God's people and see God's people and hear God's people sing. And so uh, it's a blessing to be here this morning. If you have a copy of uh, God's Word, we're going to be continuing in the book of Daniel. Looking at uh, chapter 1 in the book of Daniel, verses 17 through 21. 17 through 21. But if you do not have a copy of God's Word, uh, there should be one on the uh, back of the pew in front of you. The book of Daniel is located in the Old Testament and comes after the book of Ezekiel. And so before we read this morning, uh, let's pray. Father, what a privilege it is to be gathered with your people. Lord, our, may our thoughts be captive to you this morning. Our thoughts may be all over the place, but may our thoughts be captive to you. May you bring our focus and intention to your word. Father, may you use this time to equip us and use us how you see fit. Lord, we want to see Jesus. We want to be reminded of the good news. And so, Father, equip the saints this morning for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, and the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. This is God's word. So before verse 17, over the last few weeks, John has preached on the first 16 verses in Daniel chapter 1. And what we saw was that God... Had, had given Judah up into exile. They were conquered by Babylon, and it was the Lord, it was the Lord that gave Judah into the hand of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, as verse two of chapter one says. The people of Judah being taken from their home to exile then happened in waves. The first wave are the ones who are moldable, who by the conquering nation seem to be able to be changed in their convictions. They are the youths without blemish, as verse 4 says. And so for three years, these youth were going to be educated and then at the end of that time, stand before the king. So chapter 1 focuses on Daniel, but also Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. And as we looked last week, Daniel was resolved he did not defile himself with the king's food, and Daniel was given favor before the king's court by the Lord. 
The four do not partake of the king's food for ten days as a test. And at the end of those ten days, the four were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the king's food was appealing. But Daniel and the others did not partake because they wanted to honor the Lord. Just like the people of God today, if we do not partake of what the world offers, we are considered foolish. That they were considered foolish by not partaking, and they were tested. But as we saw at the end of our passage last week, in verses 15 and 16, the four, the four they looked better, and, and then their steward took away all of the king's food and gave them vegetables, what they needed. And so we go to verse 17 this morning. We are reminded that God supplies our needs and He gives. He equips His people for the task. He doesn't choose people because they are good for the task. He chooses freely and He gets the glory by strengthening His people in it. And so this passage before us this, this morning, I think, uh, is probably and arguably the the most important passage in Daniel because it's the text before us this morning. There is a, there's a depth to this text that I hope and pray is a benefit for us here at North Hills. The Word of God is a blessing to be able to open it up and to prepare and to study and to pray to preach it. But it's an added blessing to know who you are preaching to. But just as a reminder for us as I feel the weight of this passage this morning, Evan Kinnis is insufficient. It is Jesus who is sufficient. And so our sermons here at North Hills may look similarly to Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies have the same ending every single time. We, we know how those movies are going to end. But our sermons here in this pulpit should regularly herald the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single passage in Scripture is about Jesus. And unlike the ending of Hallmark movies, we regularly need to hear the gospel. We regularly need to hear that Jesus is sufficient to save sinners. That is not news that we get over. It is news that our ears need to regularly hear and our heart's affections need to be stirred. And so our main point for our passage this morning is that God gifts His people. God gifts His people for their good and His glory. We will see that Daniel and the others were given gifts that helped them in exile, but also their gifts gave glory to God. And so as we walk through this passage this morning, we have two points. Two points. The first point is verses uh, seen in verses 17 through 19, that God gifts His people for their good. God gifts His people for their good. The second point is found in verses 20 and 21, that God gifts His people for His glory. God gives His people for His glory. So point number one this morning. God gives His people for their good. Let's read again verses 17 through 19. As for these four use, God gave them learning and skill and all literature and wisdom. 
And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And at the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they, uh, therefore they stood before the king. So verse 17 begins in a significant manner. It says, As for these four youths, God gave. God gave. This phrase, God gave, is used in verse 2, in verse 9, and in verse 17 of chapter 1. This phrase, God gave, is showing God's sovereignty. Only God can give such gifts as learning, skill, and wisdom, and put them on display in humanity. This phrase, God gave, was used to show that God is sovereign over the exile. He gave Jehoiakim over to King Nebuchadnezzar in verse 2. In verse 9, the Lord gave Daniel favor among the court officials. Daniel could have easily been in the background, but it's by the Lord's sovereign hand over all that he has given favor among the people. But not only that, as verse 17 articulates, that the Lord gave knowledge and skill and wisdom. And He has given these specific gifts. The Lord gave uh, Judah up in exile, gave Daniel favor, and gave learning and skill and wisdom. He is sovereign. The Lord is sovereign over the nations. He is sovereign over peoples. And He is sovereign over individuals. By these gifts of knowledge and learning... The Lord has provided. The Lord has provided. One can labor hours and hours over material and still not gain insight. One can do something continually and still not have wisdom. It is the Lord that has given this because ultimately Daniel's life and our lives should be a loud megaphone to testify of God's grace and glory. A Christian's testimony does not start with, I did this, I thought this. The testimony of the four youths in this passage is that God gave. God gave. A Christian's testimony is all about the Lord providing. The Lord has done. The Lord has given. The Lord has shown. The Lord, not me, not you, not I, the Lord. And so Daniel is testifying in chapter 1 that it's the Lord. It's the Lord's doing. If you think the, the Lord is your genie and He exists for your service and He's in your pocket and that He's not sovereign, then you are going to hate the book of Daniel. One cannot rest if God is not sovereign. If the Lord changes as the wind blows, there is nothing sure. But the book of Daniel testifies of a sovereign God and in His providence, bringing about the exile, giving Daniel favor, and giving gifts to the four. But again, if we read the Scriptures in a manner that we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps view of Christianity, or this view of Christianity that we meet God halfway, or 
we, can, we do whatever we want to do, and then God does the rest. If that is the version of the false gospel that we, when we read our Bibles, then we are going to hate the book of Daniel. It's not Nebuchadnezzar who conquered. It's the Lord who gave up Judah in discipline. Daniel did not hand over a bunch of goodie baskets to the court official to gain their favor. The Lord did it. And so Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah did not gain knowledge and skill because of something found in and of themselves. There, there are many people in this world that are very learned and they know nothing. But it's God, it is God that gives wisdom. Proverbs 1, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, Fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then Job 32, chapter 32, verse 8, testifies that it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. So the eternal God, maker of heaven and earth, is where true knowledge is found. And he is the one who gives. And he does so with Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. But the Lord does not just give them random wisdom over certain things. He gives them knowledge, skill, and wisdom that will be used for his purposes with Nebuchadnezzar, with this nation, and with Judah in exile. These, these young men were, were wanting to be used not only in the service of of their earthly ruler, but ultimately in service to the king who made the heavens and the earth. They honored the Lord while being of benefit to Babylon. But they did not buy into the Babylon ideology and indoctrination. Daniel and others were trusting in the Lord to provide. And the Lord provided for exactly what they needed. Their faithfulness is is shown in them not eating, not eating of the king's court a few verses earlier, they ate, they ate a specific diet to be faithful to the Lord and to honor Him. And so the Lord, He gives to His people. He freely gives. And He has put His people in various platforms and positions so that His glory will be on display. Abraham Kuyper said, Gifts and talents come from the Father They are disposed for each personality by the Son and kindled in each by the Holy Spirit as by a spark from above. So if you are following Jesus, keeping in step with the Spirit as Galatians 5 verse 25 says, and regularly reading the Scriptures, then we're going to be used by the Lord. When we are under the service of the King of Heaven, there are no small jobs. There are no small tasks In everything, a Christian, a believer is to be faithful to the Lord. Every single opportunity that the Lord bestows upon His people, we should honor Him in cheerfulness and thanksgiving. We don't have to buy into the ideologies and indoctrinations of the day to honor the Lord and share the gospel with those around us. Can you imagine that the king's court testing these four youth, mocking these four, saying, you don't really fit in with us. You're not one of us. You you can't care for us. You can't do anything good for us. But God, God knows what is best for Babylon. 
And he gave gifts to the four that would bring about his good purposes. He gifts and equips his people to live in a manner today to bring about his good purposes. And so if you've professed Christ as Lord and Savior, the Spirit of the living God is dwelling in you. The Lord has breathed life upon you. The Lord is going to equip you and use you for his good purposes. The same Lord who worked in the life of Daniel works in the lives of believers. I think it would be a poor explanation of this passage to come away with the Lord rewards those who are faithful in little things before he gives you big things. So God is only going to give jobs and resources and platforms to those who are faithful in the small things to test them and then will reward them with the big things. What about the four youths in this passage? These four youth were immediately brought into exile and began three years of testing. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says, Jesus says, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. Jesus is showing whoever is faithful in small things is also faithful in much because they're striving to be faithful in all things. It was not the faithfulness of Daniel and the four that brought about the exile and they had favor before men. It was the events that the Lord brought about that, that showed Daniel and the three others faithfulness to him. So Daniel's platform didn't make him. It is God who shaped him. So for our students and, and young adults, others that are faced with this temptation to be known via social media or whatever means, it's not a platform. It's not a platform that makes you. It's not a number of followers that makes you successful. We're to be faithful to the Lord in all things. We're to be content in the Lord and how God is working in you. If you are a Christian, you have come to trust in Christ by faith. Rejoice in that. The God of the universe is working in you by the Spirit. And so whatever the Lord does with your life, honor Him, honor Him in it. Don't live for the culture. Don't live for its acceptance. There are no small tasks when we are known by the King and He gives to us the gifts to honor Him in this world. As we continue to look at this passage, not only has the Lord given wisdom and skill to these four, but Daniel has been given the insight to visions and dreams. This shows that Daniel is a prophet of the Lord. And as we will look in a little bit in verse 20 and throughout the book of Daniel, Daniel's reliance is only on the Lord. And it separates him from the phony prophets of Babylon. And so in verses 18 and 19, there was a set time period in which they were to be prepared. And now this time had come for the four and others of the king's court to be tested. And the judge who was to determine who was better was going to be King Nebuchadnezzar. It's almost like 
you know, standing at a weigh-in for a boxing match? Did they, did they make the weight? Did they eat enough? Did they lose enough? How, how trimmed are they? There is this distinction made here between those who God has cared for and given gifts to and then those who are under the king's instruction. And in Nebuchadnezzar's testing, he finds out who is superior. The four stood before the king and there was no one like these four. They were superior to the others because the Lord provided. This is not told to us or or not told to puff up these four. This is testifying of the gifting and sovereignty of the Lord. As we looked last week at verses 12 through 16, these four were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the others. But not only are they physically better by remaining faithful to the Lord and not partaking of the king's food, they were gifted by the Lord with wisdom and skill and learning. They were gifted in these things. And so our second point this morning is that God gifts His people for His glory. God gifts His people for His glory. We're going to look at verses 20 and 21. Let's read them again. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. So as verse, as verse 20 goes on to say, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better. So this phrase, ten times better, is a metaphor being used to show the superiority of these four youth. It shows the supremacy of God working through His people on earth. Nebuchadnezzar, as we will learn, thinks he is the sovereign, as do many kings today. But every earthly king will one day breathe their last. And it's the Lord, it's the Lord who reigns. And so He is showing His sovereignty over Judah and Babylon in giving Judah into exile in giving these gifts to the four men. So who were the the four better than? The four were better, as verse 20 goes on to say, they were better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in this kingdom. All of the kingdom of Babylon. These four were wiser. And and one was gifted with interpreting dreams. So what what do we gather from this verse in this passage? There is a distinction of the revelation of God And then the phonies. God speaks clearly and has given clear revelation. He's not a God of confusion as 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14 verse 33 says. He has spoken in his word through the 66 books, through the prophets, priests, and kings of the Old Testament. And he has spoken in his son. It is man that twists his revelation. And there are obviously those that twist who Jesus is. But in verse 20, interpreting dreams were important to Babylon and its culture. They they believed their gods spoke and communicated with them through dreams. And these people were believed uh, uh, to do do such thing and relying on on their dreams. But these magicians and enchanters of, of Babylon, they were incompetent. 
They're phonies and, and they're frauds. For those of you who like Dr. Pepper, when you see Dr. Dr. Thunder, you know it's a phony, right? You know it's a phony. It's, it's not legit. Dr. Thunder is out there and, and, and trying to claim something that's not going to be. It's not going to be Dr. Pepper, no, no matter how much it wants to be. right? It can never be Dr. Dr. Pepper. And what we see in verse 20, but also uh, throughout the Old Testament, throughout the book of Daniel, there are these, there are these false prophets, these phonies, that are, that are trying to be legit, and they're not going to be legit. In, in Genesis uh, chapter 41, Pharaoh needed his dream interpreted. But in verse 8 of, 40, of chapter 41, it says, As Pharaoh awoke, behold, it was a dream. So in the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for, the, for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh goes on to say in verse 24, there was none who could explain it to me. Then Joseph, being used by the Lord in this event, interprets the dream for Pharaoh. And then in, in Exodus chapter, chapter 8, verses 18 and 19, Pharaoh and the prophets of Egypt are testing God and Moses. And Scripture says the magicians tried by their secret arts to produce gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But throughout the book of Daniel, right, these, these false prophets of Babylon fail in their interpretation and understanding. Daniel and the, and the, and the three others, though, did not, did not engage in these wicked practices of Babylon. But Daniel had true revelation from the true God of heaven. They did not fail to understand. In in Daniel chapter 2, verses 17 to to 46, Daniel interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream. In Daniel chapter 4, verses 19 to 27, Daniel interprets uh, Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. And in Daniel chapter 5, verses 13 13 to 30, Daniel interprets the writing on the wall. So revelation is revealed truth. And the Bible is God's revelation to man. This is divine truth. God spoke through prophets, priests, and kings in the Old Testament. And one of these prophets is Daniel. Revelation is not like the charlatans of today saying that they're going to blow COVID away or have enough faith and you can be a millionaire. And I use the word charlatan intentionally because these, these false teachers today claim to have special revelation from God and their prophecies have never added up. In nature, we recognize that there is a creator. And, the, and in the Bible, in the scriptures, we know who this creator is. There is general revelation in creation and specific revelation in the word. As chapter 1 of the book of Hebrews says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. The Bible is God's revelation to man. But ultimately, we do not worship the Bible. We believe that it is true and what it, what it says about Jesus. God has spoken to humanity by his Son. Jesus Christ. So we don't need to be searching for a word from the Lord or a sign 
from the Lord. When God has spoken in His Son. The prophets were pointing forward to the Messiah to come. And that is Jesus. Daniel was pointing forward to Jesus. You want to hear from the Lord? Open up the Word. God's revelation is sure in the 66 books of the Bible. It is trustworthy. It can be relied upon and it has been tested. It is true. It speaks fact. Jesus is risen from the grave. Fact. And it's authoritative. By the help of the Spirit, as we read the Word, whether the letters are red or black, it should guide us as Christians. And so the Word, it testifies of our sin and our need for a Savior. We have all rebelled and sinned against God. Whether those sins ever come to light on this side of heaven or not, we have all sinned against the Lord. But God's written Word testifies of the living Word that took on flesh as the Gospel of John testifies. Jesus Christ, the second person of the, uh, second person of the Trinity, took on flesh, dwelt among men, living a perfect life without sin, dying a death in the place of sinners, rising again from the grave, and He is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on the behalf of His people until He comes again. There is no other way under heaven to be made right with God than by Jesus. Jesus is the only way. And so if you're If you're not trusting in Him by faith, repent. Place your faith and trust in Him and Him alone. We don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our thoughts. We don't trust our motives. We trust in Christ. So what a precious thing it is for us as as Christians that we have a sure and steady anchor in Him. He does not and He will not fail His people. He redeemed His people with His own blood. Do you think He will lose His bride now? No. Rest well. The King is on the throne. Don't trust in the the phonies that are saying they speak on the behalf of Jesus, yet do not open up the Word. Or they open up the Word and they are quick to put it down. Our culture may say, search inside of you to find happiness and peace. But as Christians, we're to search the Scriptures so that we see Jesus and behold Him. He is the only one who can make us happy and whole. And as this chapter, as, as Daniel chapter 1 comes to an end in verse 21, we see that Daniel's service continued into the reign of Cyrus. Some scholars say that Daniel's exile began around 604, 605, uh, BC, and he finished his training around 602 BC and then remained in service around 539 BC. He was in service for about 65 years. So, from Babylon to the Persians, Daniel was used by the Lord. God, God was glorified in Daniel's service. What is, what is one takeaway we can, we can gather from that? No matter who is in office, We remain faithful. We preach Christ. We hold fast. If we love the sins that our culture loves, we will not have longevity. Daniel served 
at the pleasure of various rulers in his day because he didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. You had the phonies doing that. The frauds around, around Nebuchadnezzar telling Nebuchadnezzar what he wanted to hear. But Daniel spoke the truth. He, he told the truth. And so we speak the truth and the Lord will use us as he sees fit. So in this, in this passage, we see that God gifts his people for their good. These, these four youth were gifted by the Lord in various ways to be used and, and useful in Babylon. But the Lord gifts all of his people. He gifts all of his people in various ways for their good and the good of the church. God has gifted his people to bring him glory and honor in everything we do. We're to be glorifying our king. If we're standing at a mic, if we're talking to our neighbors, if we're speaking to our children, whatever it may be, God has placed us there for his good purposes and his glory. So beloved, we we only get one life. It will soon pass. Only what is done for Christ will last. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege it is for one to be called a Christian. We are a people that are, that are identified with Jesus. That he paid the sufficient sacrifice for us on the cross for our sin. He bore your wrath against sin. He stood in our place. And if we come in faith, we have a seat at the table of grace. There is nothing, there's nothing good in us. But we cling to Christ. So Lord, you not only redeem a people for your namesake and your glory, but you you use your church to share the good news of Jesus, to share eternal truth for your glory. Father, you equip and gift your people by the help of the Spirit. And we are not neglected. May we continually be reminded that as we go out from this place and take the good news to our neighbors and the nations, that you are with your people. That you are sovereign over all things. And Lord, your sovereignty encourages us. And so as we go, we are not alone. Our King of heaven is with us. And so may we be found faithful. In Christ's name we pray, amen.